are a gopher podcast. <laughs> gopher Papa podcast? You know, you might have experienced it. You're just standing around and a bird poops on your head. And I've been playing with that as a form of attack. This was a sphincter-based attack. <laughs> and then there's a slow hurricane into hell. <laughs> we grew up Southern Baptist. Hey, and welcome back to Everybody Plays D&D, a show where everyday people like you and me play Dungeons and Dragons, uh, many of them for the very first time. Uh, I'm Jonathan, your host and dungeon master. That was terrifying. <laughs> and I am here with Andrea, Arian, Grace, and May. Say hi, everybody. Hey. Hello, Hello everybody. D&D. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's great. Uh, what this group has in common and why I was excited to have you on the show is that you are, let me see if I get this right, sisters whose friends are also yeah. sisters, who are also friends of the other. There's two sets of sisters, <laughs> and there's four of you total, and that makes six unique sets of two friends. What? I have a spreadsheet. That's correct. Yeah, mm-hmm. I figured this all out before you started. <laughs> uh, you guys have worked together, you've lived together, you've traveled the world together, but I have on good authority, you've never played Dungeons & Dragons together. Is that true? That's so true. true. Very true. <laughs> So, do any of you know anything about Dungeons and Dragons? Yes, I know one thing. <laughs> this is May. The one thing I know about Dungeons and Dragons is what I saw on a late night Christian public access channel when I was 12. What was the show called, Grace? I can't remember. Grace went to a live taping of it, but Several. I stayed home and watched. And in one episode, they played Dungeons and Dragons. And part of it was they made them drink blood as a part of the game. And then, and then there's a slow hurricane into hell. We grew up Southern Baptist, so. And that is what I know about Dungeons and Dragons, that we're going to drink blood. We're going to drink some blood. And then we're going to go to hell. And you still agreed to do this. I mean, I love you guys. Was that not right? That is considerable. Oh. You know, I ask that question. I ask that question every time. I... I'm not sure I was expecting that. I get that a lot, Jonathan. That's fantastic. I, I was like, you know anything? And May's like, I know exactly one thing. Let me tell you what that is. Great. So how long have you guys known each other? I know that like there's sisters here, so like forever. But like how long has the whole group known each other? Arian and I have known each other almost 20 years. 98. Yeah, 1998. So 21 years. Oh my gosh. That's, wow. that's an enormous okay. number when you say it out loud. Here's something you might not know. We have also dated each other's husbands before we were all married. <laughs> before. <laughs> About to get weird, y'all. <laughs> I'm the only one who's not in on that. Dang it. <laughs> you riddle you. <laughs> uh, so this is just friendship born of, of you know, the foundations of this. these friendships are in jealousy. Rock solid. In, yeah, in dating. So healthy. The same person. <laughs> So do you think that these, uh, you know, very firm-founded relationships are going to make you, this as a group, better at D&D or worse? This is where it's all going to come out, I yeah, feel yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is, 
all of our scenarios are going to be code for this real is... things that we just haven't had the guts to say. Yeah. So weird. This will be the most passive aggressive game of D&D ever. Well, I think it's going to be great. And I don't know about you, but I'm really ready to get this thing started. So here's how it's going to work. This is how it always works on Everybody Plays D&D. First, we're going to quickly figure out who each of you are and what you do in this world we're building together. Then I'm going to kick off a story with a short introduction. And from there, we are making it up as we go. Everybody cool? Yep. Yeah, yep. cool. Well, I don't know about that, but. <laughs> Three out of the four are cool. Awesome. So characters, uh, my first question, have any of you thought about at all who you want to be in this world? That's a deep question. Yeah. Who do you want to be when you grow up in D&D? <laughs> what are the parameters here? <laughs> Is super yeah, well, here, I can give you, yeah, does, does anybody have an idea or you want me to give you some options? Well, do you have to options. be good? Do you have to be a person? Can you No, fly? you can be, you can be good, you can be bad, be you can be neutral, whatever you want to be, I want to make that happen. I want to teleport. Hmm. Like, could I say Shania Twain and that would be fine? Yeah, we just have to figure out who Shania Twain is. So let's go, let's go one by one here. So, so, Arian, you want to be the kind of character that can teleport. Um... So tell me more about this magical teleporting character that you are. I haven't thought about this at all, so it's going to come out perfectly. Does does he or she have a name? Let's start there. We will call her Rosa Parks. Oh, that's a bold choice. <laughs> I'm for it. I'm you for didn't it. think that about bad. that before. You just that's just that was the first, first name, name that came out of my head. All right, great. Is this like? Is this? I mean, this has got to be like a badass Rosa Parks. I mean, Rosa Parks already was right. a badass, but I'm guessing you want this character to be immensely powerful. Yes, but like you wouldn't assume it by at first glance. Unassumingly powerful. Yeah. Okay, cool. Great. I think that's in, I think I've got enough on that one for now. Okay. I think I've got something for that. Somebody else said they wanted to fly. Was that somebody? That was me. Me. I'm May. <laughs> <laughs> May, do you? Yeah, May. That was May. <laughs> May. <laughs> wait, wait. I want to be a flying badass. I just want to be a, a flying badass. Flying badass of some kind. Great. I can work with flying badass. Okay, great. I feel mm. better about that. By badass, do you mean like does lots of damage? Uh, can. Real strong. Like flying, cut. like fighty, hitty badass, or like, cut. like, okay. So this is like a very physical character. Yeah. Like a bodybuilder? Okay. Great. Yeah, but not not weird looking. <laughs> okay. Like I can still have carbs if I want them. <laughs> Great. Great. Harriet Carbman. Carbman? <laughs> Harriet Carbman. Great. Okay. Um Grace or Andrea, please rescue us. Um, I'm thinking Shira 2.0. Okay, so this is like, describe to me, Shira, you know, because I know, but I mean, but tell the listeners. Sure. Well, I'm thinking, I mean, you guys were talking about historical figures, but I was already thinking like, mine going to be fine and have superpowers. So I'm thinking Shira, this is like retro Supergirl what was the bad guy's name? Skull Skeletor. Oh yeah, oh, help Skeletor. me out. What He Man? Uh, yeah, He Man and She-Ra. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're gonna be She-Ra. Great. What are She-Ra's like abilities? What was She-Ra like super good at? She fine. She <laughs> probably has yeah. Um, 
wrist cuffs of sorts that have some kind of built-in superpower. Okay, great. But ultimately, she's for the good. Yeah. Magical wrist cuffs, but ultimately, like, for the good of me. Yeah, that's cool. I got it. I'm all over it. Definitely. And she is a pescatarian. Is is absolutely definitely a pescatarian. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Uh, okay. Well, you know that you know that could come up in the story. Uh, Grace, do you have any uh, do you have any idea for your character? I do. I'm thinking Cleopatra. Like, okay. Can we can we shorten it to Cleo? <laughs> Maybe Petra. Petra. Oh. Got it. Got a Shira, a Rosa, and a Petra. There you go. And Harriet. Yeah, and a Harriet. Yeah. Carb man. I was toying around with the idea of Lady Gaga, and I changed my mind. That's why that's written on my paper. She has Diane Keaton written on the paper. <laughs> oh, wow. I was really you really have done some deep character work option. here. <laughs> that, that was another option. It was I like clever. Diane Keaton a yeah. lot. How, how does Petra, you know, conquer the world? What are, what are Petra's abilities that make her super special? Her birthright. Okay. All right. That's <laughs> she's enough. She's a royalty. Yeah. Yeah. And she's a powerful not to be... F- <laughs> that was an incredible self sort of self censor. It was. Like, yeah, that was great. So Messed when with. Petra does battle, is it is it with you know weapons? Is it with fists? Is it with no. uh, a magic? Um, no, I would say it's with uh, cunning. Okay. Yeah, I can go with that. So uh, this is a like a fantasy world. So all these characters you've come up with totally fit. But this fantasy world also has like like kinds of creatures. Like there are humans, dwarfs, elves, half elves, half orc, um, gnome. There's like hobbit type creatures. There's people that are actually like legit dragons. There's anything you can think of. May, because you want to be a flying badass, I already know what kind of character you're going to be. You're literally going to be a bird. Okay. So you are a bird creature. But for the other people, uh, you know, I need to know. You can be human. That's fine. I just need to know how you envision this character. To start with Shira. Shira, historically human. Keep Shira human. Yeah. Um. You know, or she could, she could go as her uh unicorn. Let's do unicorn. Okay. Is as like a like a where like a where unicorn. Oh yeah. Like yeah. you can transform into a unicorn. You know what? What I'll do here is uh. I originally had you as a fighter. Great. But if you want to become a unicorn, I'm going to make you a class that can turn into animals. Uh, Rosa, you can teleport. That's kind of all we know. Uh, Rosa, human? Uh, Yeah. Okay. We'll go with human. Uh, What about Petra? I'm thinking more in the elf vein. Elf, half elf, something like that. Yeah. We'll make, we'll make, uh, we'll make her an elf because like, birthright fighting with cunning like elves are very old like they can live to be like 750 in the world but not of it is how they're described that sounds very cleopatra right yes that sounds great now can the bird do anything but just be a bird (laughs) (laughs) it's almost it's like do you feel like you've got maybe like the short end of the stick (laughs) uh not satisfied with uh bird so this name of this race is aracocra which uh uh is hard to say and spell. But essentially, they are these really like noble, human-sized eagles with arms. Pretty majestic looking. And yes, you can do all kinds of cool things other than just fly. But cool. you can fly and most creatures can't. All right, cool. And these are, I should say, like the 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 race that you play, the creature that you play is more like a role-playing choice. Uh, so think about if you're an elf, you're sort of like above it. 
If you're a human, you're more in common society, kind of get along with folks. If you're an Aarakocra, people stare at you because you're a bird person. Mm, just like life. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So it's less of a mechanical choice of like, how do you play your character and more of like a role-playing choice. Uh, so great. We have or we have She-Ra, the human uh, uh, druid, is what I've made your character, so write that down. Uh, Rosa, the human sorcerer. Petra, the elf rogue. I've made you a okay. rogue. Uh, and Harriet Carbman, the Aarakocra barbarian. <laughs> A.K.A. Flying badass. Are her weapons like tortellini and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. gluten? <laughs> yes, Baguette. all carb-themed attacks. I'll shoot you with gluten. Um, the next thing on the list are these things called ability scores. So I had you before we started write six uh, words down the side of your page that, are, that govern your ability scores. Your ability to do awesome things depends on those ability scores. Those six ability scores in D&D are strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. Now, for all of you, all these scores start at a negative one, meaning you're shitty at them. And each of you has 10 points to distribute among these scores. The only rule being you can't put more than four of your 10 points into one of them. And since you're going to be working together, I suggest you talk about it as you decide. Where do you want to put your 10 ability points? Uh, just can't put more than four into one score. So talk amongst yourselves, figure it out. Just let me know when you think you've got your final answer. Alrighty. Okay. I'm Rosa Park, so I feel like I should have some wisdom. Okay. Maybe instead of wisdom, I should go for intelligence then. I'm intelligent. I just, <laughs> I want strength, yeah, yeah. charisma, and dexterity. Okay. Uh, again, I'm not sure what constitution, maybe I need to Google that. I think that's I have like no your idea. ability to handle things or... Well, like he could eat spicy food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. All right, I want wisdom, dexterity. So confident. <laughs> and I want... <laughs> Constitution. I don't need any wisdom, because Rose has got enough for all of us. And charisma to win the love of the public. That's pretty good. Okay, cool. Let's see what you guys came up with. Uh, let's start with uh, Shira, the human druid. Give me those scores, starting with strength. Three total strength, two total dexterity, three total constitution. What do I have left? Charisma. So that would give you uh, a two strength, a one dex, a two con, and a one charisma with minus one intelligence and wisdom. Does that match? Yep, I'm good. Great. Okay, cool. So uh, what about Rosa, the human sorcerer? Minus one strength, three dexterity, okay. one constitution, minus one intelligence, but three wisdom, and minus one charisma. So you put uh, all almost all your points into dex and wisdom. I think that's really cool. That's going to be a cool character. Cool. Um, okay, so Petra, the elf rogue, the elven rogue. 
pardon me. Pardon me. I didn't mean to oh, in, in, yes, know, offend don't anyone. Forget it. Petra is clocking in with a negative one strength, a one dexterity, a one constitution, a three intelligence, a one wisdom, and negative one charisma. Okay, you're kind of spreading it all out there with yeah. that little bump in intelligence. That's right. Cool. Great. Uh, okay, what about Harriet Carbman? The flying badass. <laughs> I'm not sure I did this right, but strength two, dexterity two, constitution zero, intelligence one, wisdom negative one, charisma two. I think you used 12 points because everything started at a minus one. Uh, math is hard. Oh, I get you. It okay. starts at minus one instead of zero. So I can't take something to negative two. What are you thinking of taking the negative two? Um, wisdom. I'm I'm down for this. I am. Not not a smart bird. <laughs> or not a wise bird. An smart intelligent bird, bird, not a wise not bird. Wise. Yeah. 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 Which do you think it's wisdom <laughs> or intelligence bird. that governs flying into windows? Uh, <laughs> that's dexterity. Uh. Oh, okay. Okay, good. Yeah. The one you're good at. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I think you're still using eleven points. So we need to take something away from somewhere. Give me a negative two in wisdom. What the heck? Okay. <laughs> Great. Now that we have those ability scores down, we can get everything else uh, written down about your characters. So your armor number represents how hard you are to hit. Uh, your armor here is... Shira, you have an armor of 14. Uh, decently hard to hit. Uh, Rosa... Little, a little less so. Actually, no, thirteen. Because you got got that high deck score. You're. It's not that you're well armored. It's that you you uh, are very good at dodging. Petra, the elf rogue. You have you are you have a thirteen. Uh, so we're all kind of all similar around here. All sort of reasonably hard to hit. And our bar our bird barbarian our barbarian. <laughs> I like it. Uh, is, you got a complicated AC's, uh, armor score here, so it's going to be 10 plus your strength plus your dexterity. Wow. Uh, okay, you are unarmored, but because you're a barbarian, you sort of add your strength to your armor. Like, you protect yourself by being strong. So you actually have a 15 uh, to hit, so you're a little harder to hit than everybody else. So now let's talk about health uh, for each of the characters. Uh, Rosa, as a sorcerer, you don't have a ton of health. You're looking at 12 health. Yeah. Shira and Petra both have 17 health, sort of equally uh, equally robust. But Harriet Carbman, the flying badass, 19. Wow. Health. She's strong. She's dumb, but she's strong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, now let's talk about the fun part. What can you guys actually do before we actually before we, you know, we we set up this this game? So as a druid, Shira, you can turn into uh, an animal. And I have a whole list of animals you can become here. I know the only kind of animal you want to become is a unicorn, so I'm going to allow that. Uh, but I have a no, list. No, no, I'm open. I'm okay, open. Great. Anything on that list you just put there, you can become oh, those things, man. including just some highlights. Swarm of rats. Mm. Mm -hmm, uh, mule. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Giant hyena. Ugh. All good. All good stuff. Uh, you can also heal yourself while you are an animal. So keep that in mind. Uh, as a sorcerer, Rosa, 
you have spells that you can cast, and I'm going to send you those spells in a second so you can look through them. Uh, but know that every time you cast a spell, something unexpected is going to happen, which sort of, you know, keeps things fun. As a rogue, Petra, Cleopatra type, uh, you can sneak attack, which means uh, once per turn, yeah. if you surprise a creature, if you have some kind of advantage on the attack, you do extra damage. So just keep that in mind. You want to be sneaky and surprise people with your attacks. Oh, all right. And then you can do lots of cool stuff during battle, like get extra movement, uh, run away even after attacking, or hide in combat. You're very stealthy. Cunning. It's true. Yeah. Now, Harriet Carbman, your uh, <laughs> your abilities consist of rage. Yes. Um, which is something you can choose to do on your turn that gives you like extra damage, cool things. And you also can attack recklessly, meaning you can choose to give yourself an advantage on your first attack you make on a turn, but people get advantage against you too. So like you're more likely to hit, you're also more likely to be hit. So Cool. I need to send Arian, uh, sorry, Rosa. I need to send Rosa her spells. And I'm going to let you guys look those over for a second uh, while I take some notes and get ready for our game. All right. So the four of you are seated around a table. You've been here for an hour. You're starting to get very, very bored. The room is very, very dark, almost like vaudevillian. Like it's more dark than you would ever keep a room lit only by candles, even though there's way more candles around. And you guys know it's it's daytime, but it's almost like somebody wanted this to look like night in here. And all around you, there are people in the background with easels and they're painting and people are writing it's they're describing visually and with words what it is that's happening at this table and at this table is an older woman sort of hag like but you can tell very much so costume you guys were hired to come into this thing you're a little creeped out by it but the pay was pretty good and you know you can decide later why it is exactly that you showed up but this is a gig you've been hired for. And there's this woman at the table. Just a giant bird is sitting at one at one end of the table. And then we have the, you know, the sort of like dignified elf and the two humans, both in robes, but you know, one more mysterious than the other. You are sitting around this table. And the woman is like, has a crystal ball, and it's all like very stagecraft, you know. And she's like, oh, spirits of the underworld, heed our call. Come to us in our time of need. Here comes the hurricane. This is where we drink the blood, day. <laughs> this is, this is what I was afraid of. Yeah, nobody does this. And Voices. you, I mean, uh, Harriet, you remember, you know, the flyer for this that you saw in town to come see it. This sort of like production company is making a sort of cautionary tale about people who play games sitting at tables. There's dice everywhere, but like too many dice and all these like little miniature characters and things all spread out around this table. And you're like, uh, what have I gotten myself into? Tweet. But yeah, you guys are all here witnessing. They're making a warning production 
visual and print. They're going to bind all this up and distribute it to churches all around the country, warning people of the dangers of tabletop role-playing games. Mm -hmm. Yes, I have heard these warnings. There have to be cups of blood there, obviously. I have heeded these warnings. In front of each of you is a goblet just (laughs) overflowing with an oozing red liquid. Um, And you're being very careful not to get it on any of you. I wish you were wise enough not to drink it. So you've been hired sort of as actors to play a part in this. What you say is being recorded for the magazine, you know, for, you know, the thing they're going to print out or like make copies of and send out, you know, like courtroom, like they can't have cameras in there. So people like do like courtroom art. Yeah. That's being done. People, you know, with with watercolors all around trying to capture the scene. Mm-hmm. So as this woman continues on, like, hear our call, come to us from the underworld, speak to us your evil desires. How are you guys reacting? Are you playing along or are you just done with it? Uh, I'm skeptical. I'm looking at my friends with side eye. Like any bird would, like any bird would, I'm jerking my head back and forth quickly and looking to the side very quickly, much like a Parisian pigeon would. Yeah, yeah. So Harriet, there is a, Harriet the bird, there is a producer with a clipboard or the, you know, the fantasy equivalent of a clipboard off in a corner with like a pencil over their ear who's like really trying to get your attention and like sternly look at you and like a please stop doing that sort of way. Do you keep it going or are you going to you listen to the producer? Uh, birds don't give a flying, <laughs> if you know what I mean. So, yes. So you're just going to keep bobbing your head back and forth. Yeah. Fantastic. She thinks the dice is like. You see some small seeds on the table. Yeah, yeah I think those uh. are. <laughs> the seeds are really hard and they, Too many they go down rough. But. Yeah. <laughs> Petra, uh, the elf rogue, you are, uh, you're kind of giving the, it seems like you're sort of being cautious here. Like, yeah, you're just looking around, trying to figure out what's really going on. Yeah. Uh, and Rosa, was it you that said uh, you are sort of uh, done with it or skeptical? Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, skeptical is a thing that you can be in D&D. So we're going to roll our first dice here. Ooh. I want you to roll a uh, d20 which is the biggest die okay and i want you to add your wisdom modifier which is very good for you okay i got a <laughs> nine nine mm-hmm. that's not a great roll <laughs> so you were essentially rolling for to sort of use your insight and be like what's really going on here you get the sense that it's more than what it looks like mm-hmm. but you don't get much more from that uh okay. This, you know, a essentially a big production is not all that's happening here. Okay. Uh, so the the old lady continues on and uh, says, "Like, come to us, rise, rise." And as she says this, the table that you're sitting at starts to rattle a little bit, and like the seeds and goblets sort of bounce up and down. What do you do? Who fly up out of there? <laughs> <laughs> you, and you when I do, my like, bird, my strong bird wings flap so hard that a couple of the candles blow out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's do that. I there are there are four candles in the room that are lighting things. I want you to roll a d four. That's the one that looks like a pyramid. Okay. Roll that. Tell me what the number is. There's a four at the point. Okay, it's a four. You rolled a four. Uh, so. 
with that roll, you blow out all four candles. It's now like Ooh, pitch black in here. Oh. Oh. You're going to need Rosa. <laughs> you hear you hear the producer yell like, what the hell? And like starts to come over and try to like relight the candles. And you sort of hear shuffling behind you. This big tent is now, uh, you know, it's, it's a big like almost like circus tent you're in. This big tent is now pitch black and it's kind of hard to see anything. What do you guys do? Can I use one of my, is this when I use spells? Yeah. Do you have a spell that can help here? I can hurl a moat of fire at a creature. Okay. I hurl fire at the table. Okay. So you're going to throw fire at the table. That's firebolt. You don't have, doesn't yeah. cost you anything. Right. Uh, so uh, here's what I want you to do. You're trying to hit a table. Now you can't see. Meanwhile, uh-huh. I'm going to hide. But you knew, you knew hide. who said they were hiding. <laughs> Me, the Eltra, Elven Rogue. Okay, Petra is going to hide, um, yeah, right. and uh, uh, Petra is going to hide. Rosa, you've had it. You're just going to throw some fire at this table. Yeah, to light the room up. Yeah. So here's what I want you to do. You are trying to hit a table. Now you can't see the table, but you were just seated at. Like, are you trying to get away from the table, or are you just going to throw the fire at the no, table you're I'm sitting just try- at? I don't care. But I'm trying to light it on fire to cast some light in this room. My bird bad. So you're just going to cast it where you sit? Yeah. Okay, great. So just do this. Uh, I'm going to have you roll a d20 again. Okay. And I want you to add one to the roll. Or uh, I want you to add three to the roll. Okay, 14. 14 is pretty good. I'm going to say that because the table's a stationary object, you're able to hit it. Okay. Uh, that roll is like an attack roll, essentially. It's can I hit the target. Table's not moving, so it's not hard to hit. All right. So you hit the table. The table sort of like cracks in half and falls down, but you do see some of the candles roll into the fire, mm-hmm. and there's a little like little bonfire in the middle of the table now. So now you have like dancing flame, you know, like you have like f- a campfire light mm-hmm. around the room, and you let's have uh, Shira do this. Shira, I want you to uh, roll a d20 and add your wisdom modifier and subtract one because it's your wisdom modifier. All right. I rolled an eight and my wisdom is one. Okay. So you catch something out of the corner of your eye, but you don't know what Mm -hmm. it is. Something running behind. Uh, It's been eerily silent in here. And then you hear just like this ear splitting scream. Which I will not try to replicate. Wait, give me a second. Ear splitting. Ah! Yep. Um, you hear that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it worked. Uh, you uh, hear this scream off in the distance from where you saw the shadow. Mm. Uh, what do you guys do? I say we grab the candles and investigate. Okay, so you guys grab candles and start to explore around the room. Are you going to stick together or spread apart? Uh, stick together. Is the scream <laughs> outside of the room? Uh, it sounds like it came from in the room that you're in. Yeah. I should mention this is, I said circus tent. That's too big. I'd say the room is probably like 25 feet, uh, across Uh in any dimension. It's kind of like a big circle, like a big, like a small, big top. I think I'm going to go because I want to make sure it's not somebody who needs help. I'm going to investigate if it's someone who needs help. It's good guy or bad guy. So you're going to move towards the noise. Towards the noise. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. Okay. Yep. Let's do this. Roll another D20 and add your dexterity modifier. This is your ability to kind of get across the room. I dropped on the floor. It's a six. 
plus my dexterity is one. It's not great. Ooh, okay. Uh, you're making your way across the room, but you trip over something. I you're trip. not sure what it is. It's still pretty dark in here. <laughs> something catches your leg and you go down in something sort of wet and sticky. Oh. Ew. And when you hold the light up to it, it, it looks like whatever that substance was that was in those goblets. Okay. Some mm. spilled on the floor, you think. Okay. It's blood. <laughs> it's blood. Okay. Uh, who wants to go next? I'm pretty strong, so I'm probably going to head toward the danger, too. Okay, so also walking toward the danger. You are more dexterous. I need you to make the same check that I had Shira make, uh, even though you're a big, strong bird. I want to see if you're able to make it across a room that you can't see very well that's got a lot of stuff in it. It's like a big, you know, it's almost like a studio production, so there's just stuff everywhere. So I'm rolling the d20? Yep, and you're going to add three, because you have a three to dex. Seven. Total? <laughs> yes, with I four. We are performing poorly. <laughs> yeah. Shira, oh. you are sort of trying to get yourself up out of this like gunk, like ugh, whatever this nasty like fake blood is. Yeah. Uh and a, and something falls on top of you. Oh man. You take 3 damage. So mark your 17 down to a 14 as something very heavy lands on top of you. Now you have no idea what this thing is. What would you do in this situation? I think I would uh, transform. <laughs> First sign of danger. Yeah. Immediate. Okay. <laughs> you have a whole list I sent you of things you can transform into. You Something giant falls on top of you in this creepy situation. What do you transform into? Yeah. I'm going to transform into something very small. Okay. I think I'm going to turn into... I'm going to go scorpion. Oh, yeah. Very small creature. Yeah. I need something small. Yeah. That is equipped to attack. Yeah. But can also get out from under whatever just yep. squished. Oh, totally. But don't sting me. Because <laughs> it might have been me. <laughs> In scorpion form, uh-huh. your strength is minus four. Uh, mm-hmm. So you have a you have a minus okay. four to strength because you became a very small scorpion, not a very strong creature. You're also now pinned under a giant bird. Yeah. So I need yeah. you to roll a d20 and subtract four to see if you can escape Harriet Carbman. <laughs> Okay, 12. Minus four? Does that include the minus four? Oh, sorry. 12 minus four. Okay, yeah. You are stuck under feathers <laughs> and, and girth. Feathers, McGee. Yeah. But strong so ones. You are stuck there. Harriet Cardman, you have just gone down in this room, and you felt you landed on something. Then it seemed to change, and now there is something moving around under you <laughs> that feels insect-like. <laughs> it tickles yeah it tickles one could say yeah i'd like to get out of there again okay uh you have no issue getting up do you do you like we are coming to nobody's rescue (laughs) we are a hot mess um as you uh as you get up sort of like almost like somebody turned on a floodlight uh you see the producer uh, lit up really well with a wand that's shedding really bright light from the tip of the wand. You believe she cast a light spell. A really bright light from the tip of the wand that goes like 20 feet, almost fills the entire place with this really, really bright light. Except it doesn't quite make it like out to the edges of, of the tent. And you now see where you landed a ton of blood on the floor, Harriet. Uh, you guys can all see this now. And there's a scorpion on the ground right in front of you. Dun, dun, dun. What would you do in this situation? Fly the coop. You would just see a scorpion. It's not the step of the scorpion. You are running. You are flying out. I'm flying out. 
I want to okay, see what's great. going on outside the small top. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> great. So uh, you probably have no issue taking off, although the ceiling is very low. I'm going to say it would take a lot of dexterity to fly outside. So give me another d20 roll and add three to see if you're able to navigate in flight out of this room while flying. 19 plus three, 22. Wow. Yeah, you have That's no issue. You just sort of like take a running leap and just like dive bomb outside into uh, daylight. And I'm going to resolve that in a second. I'll let you know what you see in a second. I'm going to come back in the room. The producer walks up to you, Rosa, and says like, what the hell is going on? Where's Agatha? Mm. Where's the actor I hired for the, you know, whatever her role was? I don't, ugh, I hate these things. Mm-hmm. Who, what was your name again? Rosa. Rosa, right. Yeah. I remember you. It's great. Uh, okay, she looks down her list. She has her wand in one hand, her clipboard in the other, like, listen, nobody's getting paid unless we get this thing back together. Will you help me get the table back up? Uh, Sure. Okay, so you walk over and help her uh, sort of like get the table back up. You can tell it's it's actually like a, the table split pretty good when you hit it. Um, luckily, I don't think the producer realized that was you that did that. But it's a uh-huh. it's a, like a trick table. Like it's supposed <laughs> to collapse. Like everything here, uh-huh. it's a big set. So cool. she's going to put you back together. And you hear her muttering under her breath. And she's like, every time we do, why can't one production I'm on just go normal? Oh, I have a headache. Oh, I don't even know why we make these things. I don't even believe in this crap. <laughs> and she's like, well, listen, why'd you take the job? Uh, I really need the money. <laughs> Honest. I like it. Um, he's like, <laughs> yeah. you mean a sorcerer of your skills couldn't couldn't get a job anywhere else? I mean, like, acting is sort of like a low rent for a sorcerer. Yeah. Well, since the recession, <laughs> just been really hard. And the housing collapse and everything, it's just been hard for yeah. us sorcerers. Yes. She says like, oh man, yeah, the economy's taken a beating lately. All this turmoil, I, I, I can't believe it. Luckily for me though, I just found out I paid off the last of my debts. So this gal, home free. And right as she says that, a claw emerges from her chest facing you. Mm-hmm. And the light goes out and she falls to the ground, this look of terror on her face. And you hear this like, gurgling sound as the claw retracts. Just, uh-huh. And she goes down and the light's gone again. That's a bummer. Ugh. What the hell? <laughs> Jonathan, uh, I think we're still neighbors. If we are, I'm gonna have nightmares tonight. Yeah. So you're screaming, no worries. Yes. It's just great. So me you haven't heard anything outside. Harriet Cardman, you are outside. And outside it looks like a completely normal scene. Uh, there's just some people smoking pipes. It looks like they're on break. Uh, and they're out here. The, a cart goes by. You know, you uh, you see a little sign that's like carved out of wood that's sitting next to the door that says on air, you know, and it's just sitting there. But there's nothing going on out here that suggests anything other than a normal town and a normal day. Am I at a Renaissance festival? <laughs> <laughs> no, it looks like that, but that's just sort of how everywhere looks. Got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this is just a place in town that does these sort of uh, these sort of productions that you, you've heard of. Can I get back into the building? Yeah. So you walk back in, and as you walk back in, you sort of lift a flap up. And as you lift that flap up, daylight sort of pours into this tent. And as you look across, you see Petra, the elf rogue, 
sort of like trying to find uh, her way around. And right behind her is some sort of giant, grotesque-looking creature just lit a little bit by the light. But it's tall, it has claws, it has horns. It is about to pounce on Petra. And I go into a rage, and I attack recklessly. Hey, it's Jonathan. Just uh, jumping in here for a quick break to say thank you. Thank you for listening to Everybody Plays Dungeons & Dragons. I'm so happy that you are here getting to experience the very fun story that we are telling together. Andrea, Arian, Grace, and May are a riot, as I'm sure you can already tell. I greatly enjoyed recording this episode with them. And full transparency, actually, this episode was actually recorded pre-pandemic, the storied ancient times. Uh, But we finally got around to editing it and getting it back out there so that they could hear it and so that you could hear it. And uh, now that we are sort of exiting that wonderful phase of life we call the global pandemic, we're going to start doing this more. So if you actually want to be on the show, if you want to play Dungeons & Dragons with some of your friends, uh, you can do that. And you and your friends can be an episode on our podcast. Pretty cool, right? Uh, All you have to do is send an email to eppddcast at gmail.com. That is eppddcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to be on the show, shoot us an email. I'll also put that email address in the show notes. And for now, yeah, thanks for listening. And let's get back to our spooky story. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We are now, we are now uh, in battle. The way that we do battle is you do something called initiative. Initiative is I want you to roll a d20, and when I ask you for it, give me that roll plus your dexterity modifier. Mm, Great. Okay, go ahead and give me those initiative rolls. I rolled a 20, so 20 plus 3, 23. That's Harriet with a 23, right? Yep. That's a hell of an initiative roll. Okay, what about Shira? All right. 18 plus 1, 19. Wow, great rolls. Uh, So what about Rosa? 12. Sorry, guys. Keep in mind, Shira, I believe you're still a scorpion. <laughs> I'm still a scorpion for sure. Yeah, great. That's a, that's your scorpion strength, scorpion skill. And Petra? I rolled a five. Uh, so that would give you a total of seven. Is that right? Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, Harriet, you get the idea that you have gotten the drop on this creature, which you can now see is some sort of shadow that has taken on like human form. What do you do? You're about, uh, you're about, you could definitely close the distance. It's kind of in the middle of the room now. It's a shadow? Yes, but it's like, it's got form. Like it's a, a shadowy creature. Well, I, up at the nest, I've been working on my, <laughs> my, uh, you know, one thing that birds really have that sometimes goes underestimated <laughs> is, uh, you know, you might have experienced it. You're just standing around. And a bird poops on your head. And I've been playing with that as a form of attack. So what I Great. do is I turn 180 degrees and I just pow shoot so, him with a little white, a little white. So you're thing. not you're not gonna close the distance. You're gonna use your bird poop as a ranged attack. I use it as a way to confuse and disorient because even if you're a shadow, you don't want a bird to poop on you. Would you call That's it laser true. poop? 
That's Laser true. poo, that's a great word for it. That is brilliant. That is so brilliant, in fact, that I'm going to invoke something that only DMs can do. I'm going to give, you can mark it somewhere on your sheet. I'm giving you inspiration, mm. which means at any point that you choose to, you can re-roll a D20 roll that you don't like. Whoa. Okay. Also, what I'm hoping is because he's a shadow, he'll be covered in poop, which will make him easier to see for right. everybody. Uh, this, is, this is incredible <laughs> tactics all of a sudden. Okay. So whatever has been summoned in this room is creeping up on, I think I said creeping up on Petra. It's me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Creeping up on Petra, trying to get the drop. Do we know who summoned it? Uh, uh, you're not sure where it came from. It was not in the room when you started. So uh, let's resolve this. So I'm going to make a D20 roll. Let's say add your, let's add your strength to this. So D20 plus two, but you got to beat a 12. I rolled an 18, so 20 total. Nice. That's amazing. That hits with no issue at all. So here's what we're going to do. Covered in poo. <laughs> I'm going to say that that the shadow is temporarily distracted. And I'm also going to say, why don't you go ahead and roll a, a D6 and add your strength modifier. So roll a D6 is a normal size die. Okay. I rolled a five, so seven. Seven. Nice. That thing takes some damage. Um, it didn't seem to take a lot. Like it, it didn't, you're used to your poop being much more forceful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, something about this creature tells you. I've lived with it, her. <laughs> it might have poop resistance. Ah. Uh. It's the constipation. Yeah, it is a very high constipation. Do you want to also move or do you want to stay where you're at? Well, while they're distracted by the poo, I'm going to take that opportunity to move a little bit closer because the other thing I know about birds is that they have very acute vision. (laughs) So I feel like the closer I can get, the better I'll be able to see what this bastard's up to. Yeah, that makes sense. So we're now in like essentially turn order and that that rule you made was determine who goes in what order. So every turn you can, for the most part, you can move and attack. If you want to do something else than those things on your turn, ask me, but know that you'll always be able to move and attack on your turn. So Harriet, that was your turn. You sort of moved in. I'm assuming, are you trying to get like behind him? Uh... I'm trying are you to make sure I down? can see all the other people in the room. I want to see where Petra and Rosa and she. So you're just you're just stalking forward. Yeah. Okay. Great. Now the minute you here's the thing: the minute that that flat closes behind you, it's dark in here again, and I don't think you can see in darkness, even though your vision is very acute. Now Petra, you can see in darkness because you are an elf. Of mm. course. Yeah. Yeah. And I know about this poo situation. And so when I see her turn around, I drop. So you're just dropping I the ground. I drop to the ground. And then I try to trip. Yeah. And I try well, to we'll get to that. We'll see like what happens that. on your turn. Oh, so okay. that was Harriet's turn. Oh, okay. Next, it is, uh, it is She-Ra's turn. Mm-hmm. She-Ra, you are a scorpion. Yes. I'm going to say that you probably have... I don't know that you would know what's going on, but you tell me what you want to do and we'll see how we can work it out. Do I see this shadowy figure? I think that, yes. Let's say that for the sake of, for the sake of the story, you were looking in yeah. the direction when the flap opened. So the light flooded in yeah. and you saw something from your perspective, gigantic and evil looking mm-hmm. about to attack Petra. Mm-hmm. I think I, I stay as a scorpion because I'm less visible I can move quickly and I have a poisonous strike. So yeah. if I need to get 
at the foot or the heel of this thing, I'll be ready. Great. You can can probably close that distance on this turn. So if you want to attack as a scorpion, I can tell you how to do that. Yep. Let's do that. Great. So you close the distance. The the shadow has no idea that you're there. Um, Keep in mind, as a scorpion, you have one hit point. So if you were to be damaged, you would sort of just turn back into you. Okay. Uh, You don't like die as a scorpion. Yeah. Uh, But your attack is a sting. And that sting is uh, uh, plus two to hit. So go ahead and roll a d20 and add two. You're trying to beat 12. Ooh, 19 plus two, 21. Nice. That's a that's a hard sting. So you are going to do one piercing damage, uh, which isn't very impressive, but you're a scorpion. So I want you to roll a d8. The d8 looks like two pyramids stacked together. All right. Six. Nice. You actually do seven damage to it. Again, you actually sense it even more acutely. When you like sting into his, his shadowy foot, there's like a resistance yep. there, almost like it's resistant to that mm. kind of damage, or that piercing damage. Hmm. Great. Next in the order is the shadow. Uh, the shadow has been pooped on and stung in the foot. <laughs> <laughs> it's abandoning its current plan. This is the strangest fight I've ever DM'd. It's abandoning its plan. I think the more immediate danger to it uh, is the sting. Sure. Um, so it's going to turn. It seems to be able to see you perfectly, even though it's dark in here. And it turns and and tries to stomp on you. Mm. Now, as a scorpion, your stats are a little different. You have an armor class of 11 instead of what you're, you normally have. Okay. Uh, which I think is a 13. He's going to roll and try to hit you. Mm-hmm. He rolls a seven plus four. That's 11. That just hits you. Oh. And this guy's got a powerful attack. So it's 2d6 plus two damage. That's going to be six damage, which is absolutely enough to, to take you out of scorpion form. Okay. And you, some of that damage carries over to you. So you take five damage in your human form and even though he's stomped on a scorpion there's now a human druid lying on the floor below him and seeing this he runs off into the shadows and disappears hmm. chicken <laughs> it is you get the sense that it is now hiding the shadow runs into the shadows <laughs> when you say the shadow runs into the shadows does that mean he runs into other people or shadows as we understand <laughs> yeah, that's true we need to clarify no he moves off and away from you and you know that there was still like a small like kind of fire happening uh at that table so there's like dim light being cast about but he sort of moves off to the periphery of the tent and just disappears from view he's now essentially hiding from you and you'd have to find him to attack him again. Rosa, it's your turn. Is my turn? Yeah. Um, you could you could try I, to I do something. The, yeah, I, but you'd have to sort of. It'd be difficult to find him, but you could try to see him. Okay. Or rather, I would give you a. I would give you a attack on him if you have some kind of ranged thing. If you were like trying to attack him right as he was running away. Okay. I essentially give you disadvantage on that. He'd be hard to hit, but you could give it a shot if that's what you want to use your turn to do. Otherwise, you could try to find him. Can I do the shocking grasp spell? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Let's make it happen. So tell me how that shocking grasp works. Um, well, I'm glad you asked. Lightning springs from my hand to deliver a shock to the shadow as he goes by. 
<laughs> Great. So you're going to try it. Yeah. We'll say that he was near enough that you were able to try to grab him yep. and deliver mm-hmm. that shocking mm-hmm. grasp. Yeah. So yep. roll a D20 twice and take the lower score. Okay. And then I'll tell you, and then I'll tell you what to add to it. All right. Seven, 19. Seven. And you're going to have to take that seven because it was a disadvantage. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you you attempt to grab him as he goes by, but you do miss. You, do, you don't manage to touch Sorry, him. Sorry, guys. Now, you don't, uh, you don't lose anything for trying that. Okay. But he runs by. I'm going to say that was an attack of opportunity as he ran by you. You still have your whole turn if you want okay. to try to find okay. him and do something else. Yeah, I do. Hey, Rosa, yeah. you never need to apologize for that. You tried, <laughs> and tried. we're all very I proud I gave it my all. <laughs> I did my best. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not sorry. Don't <laughs> apologize. <laughs> Can I teleport to a... Okay. How am I at calculus? Can I calculate his arrival trajectory? <laughs> oh, I see. You're going to like... trajectory and teleport to that location, oh, intercepting man. him Yeah, you have an ability... Path. You have an ability that I'm calling, that's called Misty Step, which is essentially your, your, yeah. Yeah, you can teleport up to 30 feet to an unoccupied space okay. that you can see. Now, it normally says you have to see it, but mm-hmm. I want this to work for you. So here's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. You said something about calculating. You have a minus yeah. one intelligence. Oh, darn it. Which is a choice that you made for yourself. You did this to you. I brought this on myself. Okay. So if you can roll, a, if you can beat a, man, if you can beat a 13 mm-hmm. with a d20 roll minus one. Okay. Then I will let you have this. Big money, big money, big money, big money, Rose, big money. Rose up, Rose up. 15 minus nice. one is 14. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So you misty step. Uh, you guys see Rosa just turn into mist. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, Rosa, you appear the other side of the room and he bumps into you and is very startled mm-hmm. by that. You have a mm-hmm. moment where you could act. You can take some sort of decisive action. What do you I'm do? I'm sorry if you get poop on you when you bumped into him. It's okay. It's all part of yeah. it. Can I try the shocking grasp again? Yes. This time you do okay. not have disadvantage. You're just a D20 minus one because your charisma is a minus one. Okay. Equals 12. A 12 is exactly the number you had to hit. That's Yay! amazing. Uh, so uh, <laughs> give me a uh, roll a D8. That's the one that looks like two pyramids smashed together. Uh, okay. I got... And subtract one. Equals six. Oh, sweet. Okay. So you, uh, you sort of, he's sort of like, he's like, he's very unhappy by this. Uh, (laughs) and you like, you see him sort of like drop to a knee. He -hmm. is hurt and you have sort of got him in a a disadvantaged position, Mm -hmm. but he's still alive. Mm -hmm. It's still moving and kicking. Okay. Uh, that is your turn. Petra, it is your turn. The shadow is now down on one knee. He's facing away from you. And because of this flash of light, lightning, you now know where he is. Come on, Petra. Well, I don't know what I can do. I know I can hide or run You're away. Cunning. <laughs> don't forget, you have sneak attack. You have that, like, extra damage if you surprise an enemy. So, okay, I'll sneak attack him. Great. You, uh, he doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. You are carrying a dagger. You, something you always have with you. Uh, and you're going to have advantage on him because he's essentially prone. He's like on the ground, you know? So 
what I want you to do is you're going to close the distance to him. You're going to, well, tell me, how do you approach? Are you sneaking up or are you like barreling at him? I'm sneaking. How does Petra do? I'm sneaking. So like very sneaky, yeah. trying to catch him off guard. Uh, right. And I want you to roll a D20. Okay. And wow, D20 and add two. Tell me what the total is. 20. Wow. Boom. Nice roll. Nice. Okay. So uh, you definitely hit him. I want you to roll a D4. That's the one that looks like a pyramid. Okay. That's hard to read. Four. Wow. Okay, four. And you're going to add two to that because it's a dexterity-based weapon. So that's six damage. Yeah. And then also I want you to roll a D6 because you get sneak attack damage. So roll a normal die on top of that because you are sneaky. Two. Two. So that was a total of eight? Yes. The pure, Yep. Okay, this thing is on its last legs. You just bury a knife in him in like the exact spot that he hates, um, which he's a shadow. So I guess anywhere? I don't know. Uh, but uh, he is very, very unhappy. It's right where he got stung by that scorpion. Yeah, you stab him in the same foot that the scorpion stung him in. It was an unconventional move. People don't think of going for the foot, but you knew that's where he was most vulnerable. That intelligence. And he's like, oh, I hate that. <laughs> like, yeah, he hates it. And back up at the top of the order, Harriet Carbman, it is your turn. Do we know who made that hideous scream? No, you have not yet found that individual, but this shadow is, is you believe this shadow is whatever caused it. Do we know where Agatha is? <laughs> no, you have not seen Agatha. Is the producer dead? Uh, no one has checked. <laughs> um, well, I mean, claw came out of her, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Chances are. Uh, because as a bird with claws of my own, <laughs> the claw doesn't intimidate me very much. I'd like to go check on the producer and see if I can um, help her out. Great. You go uh, to the area where you think the producer would be. I'm not actually, I'm not sure you would have seen it, but you, and that didn't really make a noise, but you go to investigate the table area, ignoring the shadow, you know, but it seems like your friends kind of have it. We got it under control. So you're going over to the table. Uh, <laughs> you see a lot of blood. You don't see a body. Oh. Am I thirsty? Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean a little. You know what happens after you drink you, it. You did like an ac acrobatic rem like maneuver. Out of the tent, yeah, you could, you could, you could drink. Oh, I'd like some water if there's some around. Yeah, yeah, it's great. So you, uh, you actually find like you know, like uh, craft services is like a table off in the corner of the tent, <laughs> and there's like a nice array of like there's like a cheese tray with like little Ritz crackers. Cheese, yes, because I might need to reload, re ammo if you know what I mean. Yeah, about. yeah. So you, uh, you go take, you have some cheese and some crackers. You think about the day. You know, sort of I, just the choices you've made. This and, relates to a question that I have. Yeah. Okay. Which category does her laser poop fall under? Constitution? <laughs> or what? You know, knowing <laughs> just strength. her reputation, I made it a strength-based weapon. Okay. Because I sort of felt like the the you know, it's not about it's not about the projectile itself. It's about the force you put behind the projectile. Yeah. The Barbera poop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this was a sphincter-based attack. <laughs> Your sphincter fortitude. Yeah. yeah. It's impressive. All right. To be honest, 
Not what I expected you to do this turn. <laughs> so we're going to move on. Well, is that my whole turn? Yeah, yes, you I walked over to a table and had a snack. You used to I was, to I get was, some cheese. I thought, I thought that the table, I thought the table was on the way to checking on the producer. Was no! Gonna, we're in the middle of battle here. No, the Cartman actions have like, consequences. I'm a little bit parched. Shira, it is your turn. You are on the oh. ground, but you are again a human. Uh, you have. Well, I'll be well hydrated for my next turn. Yeah, you do have cheese. a weapon on you. It is a actually you have whatever weapon on you you choose to have on you. It's your choice. The world is your oyster. Ooh. And you eat those because you are a pescatarian. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, you are on the ground. This sort of mm-hmm. a- action is unfolded very quickly around you. This is sort of like bullet mm-hmm. time, right? Yep. There's a, sh- you know, your friends are both attacking a shadow. You catch out of the corner of your eye a giant bird having a cheese and cracker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you do? I think one, I feel a little bit of like disgust that my bird friend found that like a wounded person was missing. There was a pool of blood. <laughs> And she's taken some refreshments. My wisdom level is low, and I thought I was on my way to checking on the producer. There's something, there's something in D&D called a free action, which means it wait, doesn't wait, use wait. your move or your turn. I want to use your- my inspiration. You didn't roll anything. Your you chose to eat cheese over. and crackers. Oh. All right. You can give your inspiration to someone else. We've moved no. if, if the need arises. I will not. Where have we left the shadow? It's did. the shadow is. You guys, I'm still right by the shadow. He's right in front of me. You get the feeling it might be next in the order. You're not sure how you know, but something just tells you that it goes next. Mm. Uh, it uh-huh, is beginning uh-huh. to reach up uh, to sort of like uh, clamp both hands onto yeah. Rosa. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I want to make sure that deal is done right there. I want to make sure that okay. little dude is dead. So you have enough movement that you could get up and get to the shadow from where you were. The shadow didn't move very far. But I don't need to, I don't think, because my weapon of choice, wrist cuffs, have like kind of a taser-like power. <laughs> they Great. can shoot from afar. Are you a scorpion with wrist cuffs? No, no, no. No, you're back to I'm human. just a fawn. <laughs> no, no, no. The scorpion the was crushed. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Scorpion was crushed. I'm back to slightly wounded Shira. Um, and I think my weapon can be used from a distance. I don't think I have to move. Okay. I I buy it. So here's the deal. You have to make an attack roll and you have to okay. beat a 12. Now, okay. your spellcasting modifier for a druid, give me a second to nerd out, I'm pretty sure is wisdom. So I want you to roll a d20 and subtract one. You just got to beat a 12. Okay. It's a 20! Yeah! yeah. <laughs> yes. a na- like 20 on the die? On the die! <laughs> nice. Okay, so here's the deal. Doesn't matter what I modify it with. You can't beat a 20, and here's how a 20 works. Okay. Uh, okay, I'm going to say that your wrist cuffs are casting a spell called uh, Witch Bolt, which sort of like is like sort of your Kamehameha lightning, like out of your hands thing. So you're going to roll a D12. Okay. And you're going to add 12 to it. It's a nine. So the way this, you, you've just rolled what's called a critical hit. They're amazing and very rare. And... You're going to get max damage, which is 12, plus that 9, which is 21. And the shadow just 
disintegrates. Yes. You have a definitively destroyed it. It is down. And in its place, lying on the ground, coughing, is Agatha <gasps> going, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Oh, man. Bitch, be crazy. And all of a sudden, lights go on all around the room, uh, and you just hear applause. Everyone's just like, that was amazing. That was incredible. And like, the artists are nodding and scribbling, like, and like painting furiously, trying to capture the moment just perfectly. You know, the scribes and their quills are doodling, like, just incredibly fast. And the producer walks up with her uh, claw prosthetic still attached mm. with all the fake blood and says, This is amazing. Based on this experience today, I can guarantee no one's ever going to play Dungeons and Dragons again. <laughs> and the Southern oh Baptists rejoice. <laughs> <laughs> And that is it. That is where we'll stop. We did it. Yeehaw. You know what? <laughs> you guys defeated the shadow, and I got some delicious <laughs> cheese. <laughs> what kind of cheese was it, May? It was very Gouda. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for defeating the monster. <laughs> 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 Ha <laughs> ha